بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله والصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Did you smell that little emphasis on وصحبه um, I think in the previous two ones I said it wrong um, I can't remember what I said but Alhamdulillah I got like a couple of voice messages of people reminding me um, that I said it wrong and correcting me and I was just so thankful for that because like thank you thank you for keeping me in check and correcting me um, there was another sister that messaged my friend and she was like I listened to the podcast Alhamdulillah it was nice but um, she said this I'm not sure if she's aware um, if you want to let her know and I was like my heart man my heart I was honestly I'm so thankful for that so inshallah it's right anything else you hear from me please 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 do correct me so I can then correct myself in the um, episode that comes after um, I just want to say thank you thank you for the people that reached out and was like hey man you waffled a bit too wrong and I'm like you know what done خلاص. thank you thank you thank you thank you very much um, once again well welcome back to Hadaf and once again we're at a random 1am late night waffle um, I'm waffling tonight because um, it's Wednesday night I have my Wednesday night sira halakas with my yaldem um, at 8pm um, and I've been procrastinating for the past three hours, yeah, three hours to, um, because subhanAllah, I, I, halfway through the reflections with the girls, I was like, okay, this is one of my favorite um, halaqas. But then when we got to the end, I'm like, khalas, this is like, girls, like this is, it was such a beautiful halaqa. Um, in my Wednesday night seerah halaqas, we started um, watching a YouTube series about the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu We watched the lecture together on Zoom and then afterwards we just reflect upon it. And this, like, we're, we're, what we're up to in the seerah, we're up to like episode 26, 25, um, we're up to the Battle of Badr. So last, well not last week, I wasn't here last week, so the week before, we it was the um, events leading up to the Battle of Badr, and today was the Battle of Badr in the lecture. And subhanAllah, even though the lecture was about a war and was about captives and was about um the spoils of war and the and the um distribution of that and the the death of the main leaders of the Quraysh and who became and even though it was all that sort of you could say like hard stuff the reflections that the sisters had just honestly made me so warm tingly buzzy and it was just beautiful because like none of once again like none of us are scholars none of us have like really really you know done like deep education into islam it's just we're learning about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam we're listening to the struggles of the people the sahaba and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we're reflecting upon it and honestly it's one thing to say for example to memorize quran and learn the tafsir but it's a whole another thing to reflect to have to dabur and to and to apply it and I don't like I've well, as I said like we're up to um, 25 episode 25 like we've done 25 of these halaqas that's like over that's over five months and I wanted to wait till the end of it and then slowly slowly release them one by one but I'm gonna jump the gun and share today's reflections because I just found it too beautiful and honestly inshallah inshallah it's a benefit and it's a means of sadaqa jariya for these sisters and inshallah this will inspire you to start your own halaqa or to at least reflect upon the stuff that you learn and inshallah this inspires you to go out there and learn i'll share the youtube series that we're um, learning the seerah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam off i can also share some resources um in terms of like you know studying the quran or it's just literally kalamullah.com it has all the tafsir books there and youtube is your best friend um so just briefly before we talk about uh, before i play the reflection part of the sisters as i said this was about the battle of um badr and um, last week was about the events um, just before the Battle of Badr. So there were um, 
the Muslims were heavily, heavily outnumbered. It was like a one to three ratio, like 900 Quraysh and like 300 Muslims. The Muslims, um, the Prophet wasallam, they had set out and left Medina to go and hijack the caravan of, of Abu Sufyan. So they weren't going out there ready for war. Like the Muslims were just going to hijack that caravan um, and get the goods from there. So they they didn't prepare to go out for war, but then somehow, not somehow, obviously there's a way how, but I just can't remember. Um, the Quraysh found out and Abu Sufyan uh, alerted them. And so the Quraysh came like with almost, I think, a thousand um, army members and they were ready to start war with the Muslims. Uh, they, they came out ready for war. They came out with the armor of war and the weapons of war and, you know, like prepared like food and stuff to go out for war. Anyway, so they're there, and the Prophet them, like, obviously he feels bad. Like, he didn't bring these men out. He didn't prepare these men for war. And now he has to face his sahaba and say, like, like we have a war coming. Like, obviously it's not a nice position for the Prophet them to be in. Um, so that's sort of like the beginning of the Battle of Badr. And just like from last week, we, we, um, we, um, when, the, when the Muslims and the Prophet them were about to set up camp, they wanted the Prophet them set up um, the army behind a, a, a river like behind the water and then a sahaba came up to him and was like ya rasulullah is this a command from uh, is this a command from allah or is this um did you decide this based on your own accords because if it's a command from allah khalas, that's it but if it's based off your accords um i have a suggestion and the prophet wasallam, said like no this isn't a command from allah i just decided to set up camp behind the well and so the sahaba was like um how about we set up in front of the well so the Quraysh they don't have access to water and so the Prophet ﷺ agreed and they just um, set up camp in front of that. But something that like we took away from that is like, subhanAllah, this is a leader. Like a leader is there to serve his people. And the Prophet ﷺ was the true definition of a leader. Like he wasn't like, I am the messenger of Allah. Who do you think is, like you think your your opinion is better than mine, blah, blah, blah. Like the the, the companions, they they noticed the human nature of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ was so approachable to them for them to be able to share their opinions and, and ideas and the Prophet ﷺ was so accepting of it like they they distinguish between the Prophet's, um, Prophet Muhammad as a human and the Prophet Muhammad as a messenger of Allah because whatever he said like as a as a, as a messenger of Allah they did not question it one second they just uh, took it they just heard and they obeyed but when it came to the Prophet ﷺ and his human decisions the Prophet ﷺ acknowledged that some people were better at him than war some people were better at him at farming like there was things that the Prophet ﷺ was not an expert in and the companions were comfortable enough to go up to the Prophet, to go up to the Messenger of Allah and give their suggestions. And we just reflected upon that. And it's like the importance of like shura and consolidating like your your companions and like being that person that people can go to to give their opinions, like regardless of your power. Um, and so, yeah, so that was like the main thing that we reflected upon, like the, the Prophet ﷺ, his humbleness and his, and his humanness. And like compared to us, when someone tries to come and give us an advice or an opinion, we're like, who the hell are you, man? Like, who do you think you are? Even if their opinion is better than ours, we're so like, we're arrogant. Um, and so that is um, from last week. That's just one thing I remember from last week. And this week, so it's the start of like uh, the Battle of Badr, Badr. This isn't the first battle, but one of the first largest battles that the Prophet um, faced. And I highly recommend you guys go listen to a couple lectures on it. But you know what's funny? Like I've listened to many lectures about the Battle of Badr. And I've covered it in Sharia class. And I've studied it and the, the rulings that we get from it, like briefly. But Al-Muhim, like I've, I've, I've read a decent amount of, um, on it. But subhanAllah, out of the times that I've listened and when I've read about it, I didn't get the reflections that I got today from the sisters. 
like you're getting here and you and and, and like oh, the reason I'm sharing is because I was so amazed by these girls because this is why like women especially 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 in the deen like women need to educate themselves and they need to be the ones that are giving da'wah like alhamdulillah we have so many great men scholars and da'is out there and they're doing an amazing job and i love the information that they're preaching but the way it doesn't mean that we don't take information from them i'll take it at night and day but the way a woman can convey and the way a woman can give da'wah to another woman and the way that they can connect to each other is is so different to the way a, a man like gives lectures to us. Like, alhamdulillah, inshallah, we can get both. And both is really, really important because the mothers, the mothers, and like they're going to be the ones raising the next generation. So it's really important for us to get like more girls out there. Just start learning your deen. Wallah, it's it's important. And and end up becoming that big sister, becoming that, that teacher, that, that little you wanted to have growing up. Um, and so, yeah, so this part of the Battle of Badr um, uh, talked about how Uthman and didn't go and partake because he was taking care of Ruqayya, the daughter of the Prophet وسلم, as she was sick um, after the battle. She had passed away and then the um, Prophet وسلم, um, married Umm Kulthum, his other daughter, to Uthman. And then when she passed away, the Prophet وسلم, said, like, if I had a third daughter, I would marry her to Uthman. And Uthman, and his nickname was the holder of two lights because... Um, he had married two of the Prophet ﷺ's daughter. Just, just goes to show like what a man the Prophet ﷺ saw Uthman as another person you should go and um, learn about inshallah. <laughs> um, so after the battle of Badr, the Prophet ﷺ, for the first time he had captives for from war and he didn't know what to do with them. Um, and then Ayah came down um, from Allah ﷻ telling the Prophet ﷺ to consult your people. Once again, like, he is the prophet and messenger of Allah, but look at the importance of shura and like the people around you and consulting people. Um, and um, so, you know, this was the, also the first time the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims had like the beauty of war, had like um, spoils of war. And um, so previous prophets and nations were not allowed to utilize spoils of war, the beauty of war. But for the first time, um, the Muslim or the Prophet ﷺ, his nation is the one that um, are allowed to utilize it. So that was the first time distributing that. Um, and one one incident um, from the Battle of Badr is uh, Zainab, the Prophet Wasallam's eldest daughter. Her husband was a part of the Quraysh. He came to war against the Muslims and against the Prophet Wasallam Abu As. And he was obviously a non-believer. And so he was held um, up for, they did, they, once again, like they, they went back and forth with each other, like uh, uh, tossing ideas on what to do with the prisoners of war. And so they were held captive. And um, he was held captive. And when Zainab heard about this, she sent a necklace for his ransom. And she sent a necklace. And the necklace that she sent, she sent to the Prophet ﷺ. And as soon as the Prophet ﷺ received this necklace that was sent by Zainab, he began crying because it was Khadija. It was Khadija's necklace that she gave to Zainab. And so as soon as the Prophet ﷺ saw this necklace, he started crying. And and he and he spoke to the companions. He was like, "This necklace was sent by my daughter Zainab, and it was Khadija's to to ransom um, Abu As to ransom um, the husband of Zainab." And Zainab obviously was a believer, daughter of the Prophet And the Prophet said, "Like, if you accept, I will take his ransom and set him free. And if you got and if you don't accept, then we'll we'll keep him." And of course, the Sahaba, like once again, he consulted the Sahaba, even though he could have made the decision, no one would have said anything. But he consulted the Sahaba, and the Sahaba agreed. Um, and after the approval of the Sahaba, the Prophet ﷺ set him free on the condition that he um, left and he would allow Zainab to come back. So he, the um, husband allowed the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ to come to Medina. So that was like a, another um, 
thing that happened in the battle and it's just so beautiful like i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna say this again in the reflection you'll hear but it's just so beautiful like how the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was so like the, the men back then they had they had emotions and and even though he was in front of all the sahaba in the middle of the battleground with a bunch of captives around him he he wasn't shy to cry and, and to show his vulnerability and to show his love and longing longing for khadija even though that she had passed away and it was just stuff like this that we we see and we reflect on it's like it's really, really beautiful. Um, and inshallah, I'm going to start the um, reflection of the sisters. I think this might be a long one. I'm not sure. I'm not going to split it into two parts because I think it's just wonderful as it is. Um, I hope it's of benefit, inshallah. And yeah, um, I did jump the gun. It, instead of starting from one, two, three, four, it's it's episode 26 and it's 1 a.m. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm deciding to take this as it goes. Like, I'm not going to be very rigid and strict with it because I believe whatever comes is, you know, we don't believe in coincidences as Muslim. Like, whatever comes is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm just going to try and rush to act upon the good and to waffle as soon as I can before it leaves my memory. Um, inshallah, this, this reflections of benefit. I would love to hear your thoughts. Please, 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 please do share it around. Do comment. Do let me know. And do give me feedback, especially if you hear something wrong. Um, I'd rather get corrected and judged in this life before the next. I'm a tad scared, so please, please, please do let me know of anything. Jazakallah khairan, inshallah, it's of benefit, and assalamu alaikum for now. Um, okay, so my reflection is pretty short. Um, I just wanted to reflect on the part where um, the victory, exactly where the victory was, and how um, the Prophet وسلم, um, praised victory to Allah, um, and like immediately, and um, it got me thinking, you know, with all our victories in life, you know, our success is only by Allah and not by us, not from ourselves. And it also teaches us that um, not to um, what's the word called? Um, be cocky about your about your successes and that not you know not to say you know oh I did this and I did this and not because of me and anything like that. Um, yeah. And so your success is only by Allah, and so you should all you should always praise Him, just like how the Prophet Sallallahu did immediately after he won the Battle of Badr. And it also shows how he was very in um he was in a very um you know, very low odds to win. So you can imagine, like, if it was anyone else, you, you would have went crazy if you won, you know? Um, so it shows that, you know, humble yourself with every victory that you get, even if it's a even if it's a clear victory or even if it's a 1,001 odd victory. You know, always praise Allah and um, don't show off of your victories. Um, yeah, so that's just my small little reflection. It reminds me of the Morocco win from this morning. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, good example, boys. Good example. Let's relate, relate it to modern day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> SubhanAllah, back then it was a battle and now for us it's a football game. <laughs> yeah, definitely that. Like recognize that your goodness is all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's so it's so dangerous to be like uh and that's that's the story of the two gardens in Surah Al Kahf that we're meant to Yes, exactly, yeah. That we're meant to reflect upon every single every single week we're supposed to reflect upon what you just said. So just like yeah. sis. I think mine's the, like a continuation of from last week, not last week, the week before, just just the importance of shura and the humbleness and the humanness of the Prophet wasallam. Like, yes, he's a prophet and messenger of Allah, but he's like, you know, like the fact that Ayah came down to tell him to consult his people is just goes to show like the importance of shura and like a community and seeking advice and just not not making decisions because even though he was a, he was the prophet and messenger of Allah. Allah, he 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 still he still was told to consult your people, and to yeah that's that's what I wrote and also the the necklace story always gets me. 
I think that's a, it's like subhanAllah, the love that he had for Khadija radiallahu and even after she has passed away. And also like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the men, when I say men, I say men, like the Sahaba, the men back then, they weren't afraid to show emotions. They cried and they showed their love. And like, look at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in a battleground in front of all of his Sahaba. He just starts crying at the, after, after seeing the necklace. And and I think we forget like that that softness of our heart like when it comes to like doing something wrong or fearing Allah or or even like uh, um in the story where uh, I can't remember who it was but he was being racist to Bilal and then um the Bilal went and told the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this man and went and just started crying it was like like yeah Bilal like step on my head forgive me and they both just embraced each other and started crying like there's so many incidents where the where the sahaba cried and when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam cried and it wasn't a sign of weakness it was like a sign to show like their heart was alive but we don't we don't see that anymore if we see like a, any person like show a bit of emotion they they're like oh no that's like you know you're not a man what's this and you have no heart but it's like stop crying like i don't know when i see it when i see a when i see a man cry i'm like oh my heart because it just shows that it's genuine and yeah, so that story of like the Prophet وسلم, not only reflecting upon the love that he had for Khadija, but how 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 comfortable they were with like embracing their emotions. Oh, I just want to add one more thing. Um, yeah. even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, teaches us, even not just for the female, but for the male, you know, to cry upon when you're healing the Quran. You know, it's not just for the females, like it's for the men as well. And he's trying to teach us, you know, to like to soften your hearts as well. So and it teaches us not just for the Quran, but for like every day. Mm situations and i don't know about you but it's like beautiful when i get that burst of just tearingness from like hearing something it's is there's there's nothing wrong with it i think it's absolutely wonderful Sweet. as you said for them and women of course yeah let's start crying more guys <laughs> what do i have i think that was a very um to be honest this episode made me very emotional my eyes just kept tearing and oh. I was just imagining Prophet Sallallahu in a situation and how the Sheikh kept emphasizing this was his first time in a battle. This was his first time finding a beauty. This was his first time dealing with captives. And I'm like, I was just imagining him as a human going through this. Like he was this orphan in Mecca and then he became a prophet. Despite how scared he was, each revelation he got, he shared it with his people. And then he was exiled and now he has to face the people again in the form of a war and he never even intended a war and like I, I just I just feel like he was probably in a way so lost without Allah's guidance mm. just like how we are without Allah without remembering him without reading his words without thinking of and, and reflecting about our life and the lessons that we learn um I just feel like we're so lost um and the only thing that we really need is Allah. Sheikh started saying how if you have Allah, you have everything. And I feel like this episode was all about that. Like every step of the way, it's almost like Prophet Sallallahu had nothing except for Allah. Like from the beginning, like from all of the episodes, like the how he was an orphan and then his uncle passed and then Khadija radiallahu passed and then he was exiled, he lost his home. And yeah, and, and I feel like this, ep this episode really emphasized that. He was so alone. Um, and without Allah, yeah, I don't think he would have been able to put, you know, go through all of these um, heavy, heavy trials. Um, another, another thing I was thinking about, the tearing of the eyes, girls, uh, that's so important because, you know, we're in, we're in the warmer weather now in Australia here and sometimes it gets really humid and really um, annoying. Like I have certain conditions where when it's hot, I'm in a lot of pain. 
And the day, the judgment day where the sun is above our heads, let alone several thousand light years away, when it's above our head, the shade of Allah is going to be the one thing that we need, that we will be desperate for. And one of the seven categories where Allah will give his shade is if your um, eyes water for him. When you think of him and his greatness and, and that you are nothing in front of Allah and you're just a slave and therefore you have fear out of love for him, that's, that's one of the seven categories. So, yeah, I totally agree with all of you. Um, tearing is, it shows that you have a heart and it shows that you're close to Allah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was beautiful that was beautiful like i didn't i didn't look at it in that way like the prophet it's all a first for him and he didn't intend for any of this like uh, in the last episode he was talking about how he felt bad it's like like sorry guys we only prepared for a caravan raid and here we are at war like you know of course he was in that situation and he felt bad and like at a time it's like everyone's going to him for guidance like what are we doing where do we go like it's like I think that was beautiful and that that reminder of the one of the seven people under his shade I was like wow wow I love that I love that and I love you I love you <laughs> I love all of you for the sake of Allah <laughs> let's all start crying we need this shade <laughs> that, that means we're going to be under two shades then because if, if we're crying and then you love someone for the sake of Allah those two people will be gathered all the group of people <laughs> we're going good we're going good we're going good two out of seven <laughs> uh, that was beautiful you know i absolutely love these reflections because this is stuff like i'd never hear like there's there's very few like female lectures out there and and this this what you guys are saying and this this perspective that you're given giving it's it's not out there and it's not like we're major scholars or anything, but it's just that perspective and that reflection. It's like, subhanAllah, like from this battle, who would have empathized and, and, and noticed uh, all, all of this stuff that you two just said? And especially Sister Nuria, when you were talking about, you know, like this is his first time. You know what? Let's look at the Prophet Sallallahu So look at his real life. I've, I've listened to so many lectures about the battle of Badr, not a single person has said that or shared that. And and when you're talking about you know like tearing and it's 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 okay it's let's do it more the sh no one it's it's like subhanallah it's like we're needed out here ladies we're needed out here to educate ourselves and and to share these gems and these reflections because it's so important because I feel like the 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 mercy and and the beauty of like the sila has been lost and it's all just this is the ruling this is what happened this is blah 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 like and I feel like when it comes to like females and like learning and speaking we give a different like perspective. It's it's not wrong. We're just shedding light on something that 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 the other perspective usually tends to go over, and I'm just like grateful for this because it's like I'm learning so much that stuff like this goes. Because I personally, I think like a man. Like to me, if if something if there's no soccer ball, or if there's if there's no like numbers and like specific crunch time, I mean like yep, yeah, that's it. That that's that's all I see. When I'm hearing about this, I'm like, wow, I miss this. I like with you. So it's uh yeah, you got you guys are tanks. You guys are tanks. Okay, what you said actually just made me emotional. <laughs> um, by the way, um, I have to like I want you guys to remember, but like I'm the I'm the sister from Saudi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this means a lot to me. Can you can you hear me properly? Hundred percent. Okay, so this really um, it's such a different feeling, and it's just I like I don't even know how to explain it. Like to have people watch these Sira episodes with me, 
and like to get all these different perspectives and to feel like there are other people with me and I'm not alone. It's such a nice feeling. Like, yes, we're watching this. We really want to, you know, get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and like we're helping each other, like, you know, through this dunya. <laughs> and it's really, really, really nice. And I really appreciate this a lot. And I'm so grateful that I'm here today. Anyways, um, I actually wanted to reflect upon the, uh, like, the point that one of the sisters said about crying and tearing up. I feel like, subhanAllah, um, actually tearing up and, like, crying is a, is a sign that you have a softer heart, if that makes sense. Because, like, when I reflect on my life, okay, and I see how I used to be and stuff, I never used to cry. Like, like, like never. I, I was, it's, it was like a, I was a rock or something. Like, I didn't. Like, I felt so bad from the inside, but then nothing would actually trigger my tears. Like, even if in a situation where everyone would be crying, I'm just like, where do I buy tears from, you know? <laughs> and subhanAllah, after I started practicing Islam and trying to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, learning about the deen and these things, I feel like things make me so emotional and I actually cry. And it's such a beautiful feeling, like watching a lecture or like, when, you know, sometimes when you're just sitting there and like reflecting, on your life and you're, you're th- like you're just mesmerized as, uh, at how much you've changed over the years like subhanallah how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided you and how you are way closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the fact that you're trying your best to de- detach yourself from this dunya and it's such an amazing feeling and to have to record it a blessing to be honest um yeah the other point is um giving like things up for the sake of Allah in this point, Allahu Akbar, it's just so beautiful. Like the Sahaba and like the Prophet وسلم, like they went into it, like they didn't expect like the things that were gonna happen, right? But then yet they had tawakkul and look at the very beautiful victory that they had at the end. So yeah, um, whenever you give something for Allah's sake, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to definitely replace it with something better. Yeah, that's all I can it's so true like the more i study the more i become like a like an emotional wreck like i hear something and i'm like <laughs> like especially yeah. one of like one of my favorite moments like uh in in, in like in, in my life let's get deep in my favorite moments has been uh what's it called i was driving i was like uh going back and forth um from work and i was listening to the tafsir this is why surah al-fajr will always be my favorite surah i was listening to the surah uh, the tafsir of surah al-fajr it was like 1.5 hour 1.5 hour and i got to the end and you know at the end it's the ayah that says like uh um oh, oh rest assured soul come back to your lord well pleased with him and he is well pleased with you um and then enter enter among my servants and then uh, enter 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 into my jannah like after learning the tafsir of that i was like I just started bawling. I could not stop. I had to. I had to pull over to the side, and I was just crying because it was so beautiful. I'm like, you bloody loser! What are you crying about? But it was so beautiful, and it, it was like the first time. But like, just from that, it was like a. It was like a year and a bit ago. But till this day, like I remember, like every single time I listen to Surah Al-Fajr, I remember that moment because I, I remember the tafsir of it. And and it just goes to as you said, it's like the more you know, the more you know, the more knowledge you seek. That's I think that's another that's that's another reflection that I link to the hadith where the Prophet وسلم, says, Whoever takes a path upon seeking knowledge, Allah will make the path for him to Jannah easy. And it's 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 not just the knowledge that you get that helps you decipher, but it's it's the environments that it puts you in, it's the effect that it has upon your heart, it's the people that you meet like when you're seeking it. It's not just the, you know, you're just getting the alim. Like it's, I, I always, I always like, uh, I always refer to like anything dini 
to like the multiverse. I don't know if any of you guys have watched the Marvel or if you've watched Loki, how there's like different multiverses. And when it comes to like, for example, doing Adkar, it blesses your time and it puts you into different multiverses. You have more to do. And when it comes to the ilm, it's not just the information that goes from book to here. It comes to here. It affects here. It affects where you go. It affects who you meet. It's it's just anything for the sake of Allah. As you said, it's so blessed. And it's like, whoa, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I'm, I'm a Marvel fan. <laughs> uh, mashallah, today's episode was so beautiful. Uh, it just, um, I don't know, it just tells like no matter what happens, you just, if you are relying on Allah, but how how difficult it seems, like how impossible it seems, but it is not impossible for Allah. They, like even in like, so like, like the way the Nuriya said, mashallah, that is so beautiful. I can even like, I don't have these words, but they, the way they explain, they, they are so beautiful, mashallah. Um uh, and you know um even like I in today's episode like even like someone you know you have like friends even even your siblings you know you like you have do not have like even good relationship with even your friends or sibling you know and in today's episode we got like how we should like treat with them like even like even in a way that you can teach something with your action not just with your words like because I feel like Muslim they are like they are the ambassadors everyone is an ambassador wherever you are like, even and especially in the, in a non-Muslim country. The way you are moving, you're eating, you're like carrying yourself. We are like the ambassador. It is our duty, you know, to teach, to tell others, like, this is our religion by our action, by our way of living and moving on. So, yeah, that's like, this is like a great responsibility upon us. And I pray that may Allah give us a chance and give us a way that we can carry on responsibility and bring more people to Islam. That's it. <laughs> it was not and just pray for me. I got my uh, my get better. <laughs> I'm not well. Um, someone's uh, going Umrah soon, so I'll tell them to tell them to deliver it at the Kaaba. Uh, please. <laughs> that's my that's my new new um. Uh, Nuri, you were at the Salam conference, um, and the the, the that phrase delivered at the Kaaba. This girl was uh, this, the speaker was talking about how her daughter was like so so sick and she had this cancer. And then she was stressed and worried, a treatment to treatment, running back and forth. And she just had no life. She was just going about this kid that uh, her daughter that was sick, which is like fair enough. But she she like obsessed over it. And then her mom's just come back from Umrah and she's all kicked back. And she's like, Mom, like, how are you? She's like, Habibti, I delivered at the Kaaba. She's like, I made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the Kaaba. What are you worried about? <laughs> and it's that tawakkul, man. That tawakkul. It's, it's, I don't, I can't remember like a simple like incident that's happened in the seerah where there hasn't been that as aspect of tawakkul. Like as, as Sister Nuriya said, like this was all new to him and all he had was Allah and that's all he needed. That's all we need as well. It's just, you just have that reliance upon him. And subhanAllah, it's all from the tawakkul. So inshallah, we'll, we'll, we'll deliver where, wherever we are, but anyone that's near the Kaaba, you know, keep keep us keep us in your du'as, please. I just wanted to add one thing. Um, I was just staring at the Quran here. Just, it was closed and I was just staring at it. And I was like, um, whatever, you know, most, whatever Allah revealed to Prophet Sallallahu for guidance is written in that book. And we, yeah, we just have the guidance as well. We have the same guidance in front of us, like that same miracle in front of us. We have access to it. We only have to read it, you know. If you don't know Arabic, just start. Start from somewhere. But, yeah, without it, I just feel like we're lost. Even if you think, like, you know what you're doing, you truly don't. And the reason why I reckon that, you get really emotional for um, what was your favorite surah again? Surah. Pleasure. I have a feeling like your your footstep inside you just gets 
like a bit twinkly because <laughs> it knows that that's what it's made for. It oh. knows I was like, oh, finally, the eternity that I need to taste, the, the, the eternity that I'm after. And, and I feel like you feel that. And then it just hits your eyes and then you just got to. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of parts in the Quran that touches the eternity part of us like it just touches it and then it comes back out but I think that's why we get we get the butterflies and the warmth and the sudden but like we're crying but we're smiling yeah and it's in life that that happens to us very rare we have to succeed or achieve something really really big for us to feel that way but the Quran um when we read the ayah like that it, it's like the maximum pleasure and joy when Allah says, and um, you will reach the maximum when you when you enter through Jannah, but even more pleasurable than that is when you see me, when you meet me. I yeah, I, I feel like all of us when we read those ayat, we we feel the maximum happiness that we ever can, and I think that's why you get to. <laughs> Maybe it's me from an alternate universe. Or yeah. it's like... <laughs> So my sister just said my sister wanted to have a baby when I went for Umrah in Ramadan I made lots of dua for her and after I came back I got to know that she was expecting subhanallah subhanallah actually you know what that's funny because my um when we were in Kurdistan it was Ramadan it was Ramadan 2013 I think 2013 I don't know why I was just like yeah Allah give me give give us two boys give us two boys because we moved back to Kurdistan completely in like 2012 2011 we were going to live there forever we sold everything. We went to school there and everything. And then I don't know why. I just wanted siblings. Like uh, we're four. We were four kids at the time. I'm the second oldest. I had two younger sisters. I had an older brother, but I was like, I just want young, like boy. I just want a brother. I was like, yeah, Allah, give me two, give me two, give me two. And I was making dua every single day of Ramadan. And afterwards, we got the twins. <laughs> and then my mom told me, my mom, pardon. I made dua that uh, you know we have like a daughter she has like a daughter now because she already has a young uh, elder son so let's let's pray that it happens <laughs> and then my mom told me when she was at the doctor's office with her sister because she was sick and she was getting like injections for her sickness little she she fasted the whole 30 days and she didn't even think about it and then she was getting sick getting uh, for her for her injection and then she's going to the doctor for her sickness and then she finds the doctor's like why are you taking this like you're pregnant and then my mom said that when she was at the doctor's with the office with her sister the second she found out about the news she was like she like cursed me <laughs> she, knew was, she, she knew it was like my doha she was like yeah I was like, you want? and I was like <laughs> and then we moved back to Australia and then that's and then the twins were born but I was like, well, like, look at how like my life shifted from that dua. Like I would have still been in Kurdistan. God knows where I would have been right now, what I would have been doing. And but because of the twins, we moved back to Australia and they're like my favorite things on this earth now. And I was like, dua, dua of Ramadan, man. <laughs> Absolutely very powerful. Yes, yeah, So I'm not gonna lie, this has been, I'd say, one of my favorite, favorite reflections. I don't know why, it just touches the heart and twinkled me in places. <laughs> You know, this is pretty much the same as everyone else's story, but um, my friend, she, um, she had a family member that she really loved, who, um, I'm not sure about the exact story, but um, he passed away, um, and he was a lot older than her, and when, she, I think it was her uncle or something, and when, when she was in um, elementary school, she used to pray every single day that, um, that she would have a brother named Abdullah, which is the name of, of her um, uncle, and that he would look like her um, uncle, like exactly like me, and she didn't tell her mom about this dad that she was making. When her um, brother was born, they named him Abdullah. And 
when like when he started like growing up and like actually you know developing like significant facial features he they would compare pictures of his uncle and uh, her uncle and the and Bula and he looks exactly the same so i don't know how we like stray away because what, like how do you how do you go through something like that and then just forget and then you know decide like and then like you have to like be reminded all the time it's so crazy i heard the sheikh saying that um the and in the, the word for insan is the same as forgetfulness and I was like, this is the exact state that we are always in, is that we always forget the ni'mah that Allah puts us in, and that whatever we ask for, we always get it. And we just need to want it bad enough. We just need to be sincere. You know? So, you know, alhamdulillah, Raz, now that you're in Australia, like, you don't know where you would have been. You don't know what you would have been doing if you were in Kurdistan, you know? Yeah. I was like, like, my whole life shifted because of that. And, like, I've I, since we've come back, so many big things have happened. And I was like, what would have happened if I was just kicking back there at the village, man? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like so many things. It's just like uh, I always listen to this uh, quote, and it's uh, you're uh, you're currently in yesterday's du'a. We don't even realize it. Like, yeah, we just go on and ask for more and complain for more. It's like babes, sit down, relax, look at your life, be thankful. I think that's. And you the- always like every time you try and remember, you're like, this is exactly where I wanted to be a year ago. Yeah. And look at me complaining now. Yeah, yeah, subhanAllah. And that's one thing I really, really took away from my trip to Africa. It's like, they're so thankful wherever they are. They make do and they're like, alhamdulillah, they're increasing their ibadah. And here, we're so spoiled. Like, like I came back and I'm like, shh, like, oh, shit. I was like, damn, I'm going to be asked about everything. I'm going to be asked about this laptop and what I used it for. I'm going to be asked about this phone. I'm going to be asked about this desk, the comfort of my bed. Like every single thing, every blessing is a test. Like we know, we know in the Quran, it says that you're going to be tested with your children and the wealth and, and, and this dunya. They're blessings, but we're still getting tested by them. And it's like, they're like passing everything over there because they don't have that test. So who's the, who's the real winner? So when it comes to judgment day, they, they're going in with with what the little that they had and their and their ibadah so they're already on like a positive positive and a positive like here we're, we, we, we're blessed with so much stuff and we don't even really recognize it and we forget that we're going to be asked about it and we forget that the angels are writing every single second it just made me reflect and i'm like dude just be grateful and just stay humble man you don't need everything you don't need all of this stuff you don't you don't need to be constantly chasing some just look at where you are look at where you were a year ago and look at yourself compare like the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that compare yourself in dunya matters to those that have less than you and compare yourself to like people who are striving for the akhirah knowledge and ibadah to to people who are who are above you so you can always strive for the akhirah and you can always humble yourself when it comes to yeah exactly and i was like damn i heard this uh sheikh say that you know the, the feeling you get when you wake up from a dream and not remembering exactly what happened or what like like it like what happened but you kind of remember the feeling and you don't you you miss a lot of like parts when you try and like recollect everything is exactly how you're gonna feel when you wake up in the akhirah and this dunya would have been a day or two in your mind and we're over here thinking this is the end all be all and we're like we're, we're in the thick of it and we don't realize like how we feel in a dream and when we come out and a dream is like a dream feels real and you feel like it, and it's an, it's an illusion and this is exactly what this dunya is and this is exactly how you're gonna feel and in the akhirah where it's like wait what happened where was i like what was i doing and, and all you get is that it was either a good feeling or it was a bad feeling it was either you made use of it or you had a good time and like you you tried to be as grateful as possible and all the other things or you were like you didn't make use of anything you know 
Wow. Whoa. Because that's literally it. In the, in the Quran where it says, it's like, how long were you on when you were there? Like a day, part of a day? Yeah. That's exa- oh, wow. I'm just having a wife like tingling everywhere. Like, so, <laughs> if you just read that ayah when you're like going through your hardest struggle, when you're going through the biggest thing. Because I remember like during like my life, I like saying that word, it just feels deep and mature. I like feeling mature. <laughs> Uh, it's like when, when I think of like my life uh, like the the parts where I was like in the biggest like calamity and biggest situation I thought I was only me in the world I thought like it was no one else was going through it was just me this is never gonna end and I'm looking back at it now and I'm like lol <laughs> you really thought that huh? and that's that's exactly what we're gonna feel like when it comes to this whole life to us it's gonna be like a day and part of it exactly what you said it's you're gonna think it's like it's like a blurry dream and we're so and it would be like ask the we'll be like ask the people of knowledge we don't know you know guys guys like in Surah Al-Kah. yes Surah <laughs> the people in the it's sort of like Allah already proved it. oh my god no wonder why Allah said after it um and and so don't you believe in the day of judgment because he's like isn't this the, the people of the cave isn't this evidence for you this is how you're gonna be in the day of judgment <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read those two ayahs the same anymore now no and Aya, I wanted to add one more thing you know how you said insan means forgetful mm-hmm. well kal is so our heart in Arabic means turn up so we're always turning so if we have a forgetful mind and a turning heart do we now know why we recite surah al-fatiha 40 times a day the last two ayah of surah al-fatiha so we get to know Allah and then we we ask Allah for help. And then the last two ayah is because we need help. Number one, we don't want to be like the Christians who they um they had the heart but not the knowledge because they and they believed in shit yeah. after, even though they had the heart. You know, they believe in prophecy, they believe in one God, but then it changed. And then we don't want to be like Jews because they didn't have the heart, but they knew a prophet was coming. But they didn't accept it because Prophet Sallam was not from them. So we don't want to be, you know, fools of our forgetful mind or our turning heart. Hence why we, we want to be on the Hence why we, we always need that. Yes, yes, and as we are. Yeah. We can never. And that's why we're known as the nation of balance. Yeah. And and I feel like every salah, like Araka, is not accepted unless it's Fatiha. And you cannot recite Fatiha after a surah. It's always Fatiha first. Because it's always guidance first. Mm. Always. Like no matter what. Like you you say, you say, um, you know Allah, He's Rahman, He's Rahim. And then the first thing, guidance. We want guidance from Allah. And, and we need His help for that. It's like Allah, no wonder why Fatiha is the heart of the Quran. No wonder why it's the introduction to Allah Himself and to the Quran itself. No wonder why we are insan and we have a kalb and yeah. And no wonder why the most repeated dua of the Prophet was yeah, yeah. See how everything connects. <laughs> We're just twinkling stars at the moment. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> exactly. You linked it back to the dua that the Prophet sallallahu constantly made. And and I was listening to the lecture. I think I talked about it before. But it's like before you turn to the Quran for knowledge, you're turning to it for guidance. Like look at the Prophet sallallahu He was the man that came to guide us. Yet he was crying and begging for guidance. 
it's and the Fatiha just links it all back to it. It's like your prayer is not accepted unless you beg and ask for guidance because you need it. And it also like reminds me of like, you know, like, especially when like at times it's like, oh, I don't feel like praying. It's, you know, I don't, I, I'm not feeling it in the heart, but it's like, you go there and you just ask for guidance. Even if you get nothing out of your prayer, but you ask Allah for guidance, that's, that's more than, more than you could get in this dunya. Subhanallah. So many like connect the dot moments. <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to say that recently, like I've had, like I've gone through a few things recently, and, and the one quote that just stuck with me is, "Allah will never give you a hardship that you can't handle." And honestly, anywhere I go now, even when I'm like behind a car that's like the L, the like an L plate, and they're driving at like 20 or something, and it's an 80 speed, I'm like, "Allah never gives me a hardship that I can't handle." And it's just, it's just something that I like always like keep with me, and just like even like the Prophet وسلم, like fighting in the, like the first battles and doing everything for the first time and everything. It's just like Allah isn't giving him a hardship that he can't handle. And I just, it's just like, so amazing to see how everything just like, you know, links and even like Surah Fatiha, like how like where it's all meant to be for guidance and like, you know, it's all right in front of us and we just have to do it. And it's just, yeah, wow. <laughs> I don't even know how to feel. I'm so overwhelmed right now, but I'm so grateful that I came today and I'm here right now and listening to you beautiful, beautiful ladies talk. SubhanAllah. Thank you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose you, man. I was like, SubhanAllah, that's one ayah. That's one ayah you have reflected upon and you implement and you've learned from the Prophet That's just one. How many ayahs do we have in the Quran? How many, like... Thousands, thousands. thousands. As, as Nuriya said, the same guidance that came to the Prophet وسلم, we have literally here. We have on our phones. We have at a click of a button away. That's just one ayah that you've implemented and, and look at how your life has changed. Imagine if we implemented another 10, another 100, another 1,000. Like, that's just one. And we're literally robbing ourselves from like the ease of navigating through this dunya by not reflecting upon these eyes you know learning and memorizing it is one thing but reflecting and embodying it is another thing like the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam his character was described as the walking quran we've we've added one you know if we have a, if we have a little sim and we have a little chip we've added one we've still got thousands <laughs> just one just a little one like a little puzzle in the piece in the piece. Yeah. puzzle piece yeah. it just clicked to me like wow this sister she's feeling this and this is only from one ayah what are we doing <laughs> i just want to add one more thing go for it about um, how, if we want an example of how eager we should be seeking knowledge. I don't know if this, I, I, I could have heard this on this um, Sira, these Sira episodes, or I, I don't know where I heard it from, but I learned that um, Umar ibn Khattab lived so far away from the masjid of uh, the Prophet وسلم, and he lived with his neighbor, um, who they obviously lived like, close, close together, and they, um, he couldn't go to every single prayer because it would take a really long time to go to and from the masjid. So what they would do if they were afraid that uh, the Prophet would receive revelation and they would miss it. Was each person, so say one of them went to Fajr, the other one would go to Zuhur, the other one would go to Asr, and they would report back to each other. That's how eager we should be. If something's going on and we know that there's a reason, like there's there's something that we should be seeking knowledge for, and we need to find any like any reason to do it, you know? If you miss if you miss a halaqa, you watch the episode back. If you you know what I mean? Like if you've engaged in something, don't lose it. Don't don't be discouraged because imagine, imagine alternating with your neighbor. Oh, who gets to go to the masjid first like this should be us we should be taking this as an example you know exactly 
uh, you guys have the word FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> yeah. You know, people like in high school, they have it when it comes to parties. Like they have to go because they 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 fear, they fear of missing out of anything. I have that like have that FOMO towards the message and towards lectures and towards knowledge. It's like if if my if I'm going to a class with my friend and I decide to like you know kick back, it's like no, it's a race to gender. I I can't miss out. <laughs> You're not lapping me today. <laughs> have that have that competitiveness like with yourself and with that's why your surroundings are so important have that competitiveness even like today like uh, write write down what you want to achieve in a week and and the next week compete against yourself the the last week self of yourself just race and have that homework for this week Hmm? we need to make that the homework for this week oh homework is race against yourself from last week yeah in every aspect i like that i like that in every aspect like look at yourself last week every single day every single prayer like did you even fast last week Okay, at least, at least, okay, alhamdulillah, I didn't fast last week. So this week, I can only do one day. <laughs> if I did three days last yeah. week, I'd have to do four days today. <laughs> exactly. So just fast. And I was listening to a lecture, I think it was about Muhammad Hablos. It's like, once you start something, be consistent with it. So shaitan himself doesn't want to, doesn't want to wreck you. Because if, for example, you start reading Quran and you dedicated yourself to reading two pages a day. If one day you don't feel like it and you miss one page, the next day read four. So next time Shaitan wants to come to you, it's like, no, 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 wait. If I if I knock him back down, he's gonna do triple tomorrow. Let me let me leave him alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like never let them know your next move. <laughs> it's just be consistent and, and as as we said, because that's the homework. You've got to compete with yourself from last week. And and it's it's not something that you remember the Prophet said, Allah loves those deeds that are small and consistent over the big one of once. Don't overwhelm yourself. Like start off with something and build upon it. Like start off, say, you know, before Ramadan, I want to make my Fajr Sunnah a habit. I want to make it further upon myself. I don't want to leave this. I can do it. It's two. It's two. It's two before Fajr. I can wake up. I can do it. I'm waking up anyways. I've got the wudu anyways. I've got the prayer clothes anyways. Let me not start my day without the Sunnah. And if, if you're struggling with Fajr, make that your thing. Start off start off with the Fajr stuff and then just build upon that. And then be consistent with it. And inshallah, it's it's not going to get overwhelming. You're not going to be like, oh my God, I'm doing so much. You're going to be hungry for more. And as we always exactly. talk about, like with our iman highs and lows, you're slowly building this up when your imam is iman is like stable or it's like a high. And so when you go to the low, you're dropping, say you might drop a sunnah or you might drop an extra mm-hmm. the Quran, but at least you're not dropping the bare, bare minimum of the fun. Minimum, that's yeah. protected. Like that's why the morning... The closer you get to Allah, the more your bare minimum becomes not the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah. Like if you look back, at, for example, if I look back on myself, my bare minimum now, if I did the bare minimum I did before, I wouldn't be happy with myself. So like my bare minimum, yeah. like slowly, like you yourself would not be happy and you won't be able to do your day, like even if it's by force yeah. or without that bare minimum, that used to be your maximum. Like it's a subhanAllah. It's, it's just, just baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, step per step. So that's our homework, inshallah. I, I said this was one of my favorites, but I think this was my favorite reflection so far. It's the tinglies, man. You can't buy these tingly feelings. <laughs> um, I love you all for the sake of Allah. Jazakallah um, khairan for coming again. Don't forget to do your homework. And inshallah, we will meet again next week. <laughs>